I'm Peter Steinfeld, and welcome back to the Employee Safety Podcast. Today's guest is Suzanne Bernier, president of SB Crisis Consulting. I was excited to talk to Suzanne because her company provides crisis communications, emergency management, and business continuity consulting services to organizations across North America. Suzanne is a multi-certified, award-winning crisis management trainer, speaker, and author. She's helped companies plan for, respond to, and recover from disasters for more than 20 years. In today's discussion, we talk about civil unrest and how both organizations and individuals can prepare and respond. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats. From severe weather to a global pandemic. Let's get into the show. Suzanne, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Peter. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic. I guess as as good as we can be during this COVID craziness, right? Exactly. (laughs) Well, getting right into it. I know you help organizations prepare for a wide range of emergencies, but I'd like to start with a topic that many of our listeners are understandably concerned about these days, and that is protests, organized demonstrations, and civil unrest. For someone who hasn't ever dealt with this type of situation directly, can you explain what's unique and challenging about it? Yeah, one of the biggest challenges for these types of events is they're usually spontaneous protests or spontaneous malicious activities that come from these large-scale events that aren't necessarily, they don't start that way maliciously, but then you have what's referred to as black bloc protesters, those who have no no sense of the cause that the protest is for, but they just infiltrate themselves into the crowd to be able to do damage to property and and to people sometimes. And so that's that's a challenge as well, as you have these black block protesters that travel from protest to protest just to be able to create mayhem within the community. Well, with that in mind, is there anything organizations can do to predict when there's going to be an incident or perhaps identify risks ahead of time? I mean, what and, and how do you advise your clients that are concerned about potential threats near their people or business locations? Right. And that's a good question because what people should be thinking about, let's say if you're near a concert dome or you're near a mass conference facility or those types of areas that could be prone to eruptions from mass gatherings, whether it be on purpose or not. And right now, we might not be seeing a lot of those events because we're not mass gathering right now with you know, COVID-19 kind of still running the show right now. But at some point, we are going to be mass gathering again. And when we do, we're going to see some kinds of negative impacts at some point from those things. So the best way is to try to keep informed, to try to keep informed of in your local area, either where you live and or where your employees are and your office building might be. What are the potential impacts to your building externally if people are trying to harm it. So you know how people board up areas like banks, uh, their windows and stuff ahead of the time, just in case, usually when there's a big protest uh, that's announced, or if there's the G20 summit or the G10 summit, we saw something like that similar 
in Toronto just over 10 years ago, where we had a bunch of uh, police cars on fire because of the G20 riot. So there's there's a lot of stuff that have been has been going on for a while, but we kind of forget about as other things happen. But it's something that's not new, but it is going to continue to be a threat and communities need to try to figure out how to test and train to be able to respond to those kinds of things. Well, it's a lot to think about. So do you have any advice for how companies can develop mitigation and response plans that address civil unrest? Yeah, I think what I would recommend is to try to contact or touch base with similar entities or organizations who you're aware of that have been implicated in these kinds of, of events. And it doesn't even need to be within Canada or within America, or it could be anywhere where you might have a connection or you think that it might be a similar situation to you. Reach out to them because they really do appreciate when communities reach out to other communities who've gone through something so that they can share their lessons learned and best practices. So that's one way I always would advise clients to do is to seek out their similar counterparts and share information to prepare in the in the right way based on their real life experiences. Also, I think to be able to have at least a couple of people within each organization to monitor not only social media, but the local traditional and social media, what's being said, because that's the first thing that's going to come out is by tweet probably is you'll see you know, somebody's going to be holding a spontaneous event in two hours or whatever. Well, if you're on or if you've got somebody following social media constantly, they'll catch that and they'll catch that pop up and they'll realize, wait a minute, that's at the organization that's just kitty corner from our headquarters. We have to make sure that we prepare and let people know ahead of time. Yeah, getting two steps ahead of things can be very valuable. That's right. Yeah. I could use an example of one area. So I was with a power authority. And we had heard that immediately across the street where our Toronto police headquarters was located, there were going to be protesters showing up there. And we hadn't really planned for that ahead of time. We'd planned for these were protesters that were showing up there in protest of about a thousand people, demonstrators who were arrested the weekend before where it was deemed by illegal practices. So we had didn't have much time, but we were we were notified that they were on their way to demonstrate out the out of the police headquarters. So right away we wanted to ensure the safety of all of our not just executives but all of our staff that were working out of that building. So right away we sent out messages through our emergency notification system and all other ways we we had to be able to contact all of the staff, let them know ahead of time that there was a potential for civil unrest. There was a protest that's going to be happening about an hour from now. Those who want to stay behind and are too afraid to leave work while the demonstration is happening, we've set up you know, shelter here for you to shelter in place until the protesters disband. Or if you want to leave, we ask that you leave out of the back door so that you avoid the potential of running into people. We also advised everybody not to confront or respond to any protesters who might be coming towards them. And 
luckily, because we did all this, there were no issues. And another thing we had to think about was those who needed to get home but were afraid to walk to their parked car or to the subway. So we had people walk with them as security to get them to where they needed to go safely. Wow, that's a great story. And it really explains the importance of communication. And if you can get two steps ahead of something, how you can have much better outcomes. And as our audience members know, communication is near and dear to my heart. So I'd love to get your take on it in a little bit deeper. When it comes to communicating about civil unrest or mitigation efforts to reduce risk, where do you advise businesses to start? Well, you know, I would say that to start, it's taking a look back at your what you have right now with your emergency response plans. And hopefully you also have business continuity plans if you're a large enough organization to have that. So I think one of the biggest things to be able to to address any challenge, including civil unrest or protests and damages from that, is taking a look at having business continuity plans in place and practice, as well as a really good, and you talked about crisis communication. I think it's so important that every single entity, organization, community have a solid, tried and tested crisis communications plan with solid spokespersons who've been chosen because they communicate well to the communities and that their crisis communication skills are always practiced. And because one of the things that we realize, whether it's this kind of civil unrest or any other kind of an emergency, the way people respond and think about how you've responded as a company or an organization is reflecting that calmness, that person that they can trust, that they know that's always going to be there to answer their questions. So that's something that's really key as well, to make sure that you've got the communications components really well versed for uh, your crisis comm spokespeople. That's excellent advice. Do you have any other examples of recent civil disturbances where businesses have experienced these types of threats or implemented the, the plans or the communication strategies you just discussed? Yeah, I'll give you another example of something that I happened to find myself in, and it wasn't on purpose, it just happened. But a few years ago, the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship. So that was a huge party here. And so there was a big parade and festivities and stuff that were going down in the downtown core. So I made my way to the downtown core. And the first thing that I started thinking about when I was in the middle of it was, and I'll have to send you, you, you need to see like one photo that I have of right smack in the middle of it. But so I was in the middle of it and I kept thinking, this is not going to be good. And I noticed a woman who was a smaller woman who was using a walker and she was trying to make her way through this incredibly squashed crowd. And I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, why isn't there yeah. anybody with this woman? And then finally this man came to, to help her. And I thought, oh my God, people like that are going to get squashed and trampled if something happens. And no sooner did I say that, about 10 minutes later, I made my way towards the outside of the crowd. There was an active shooter event. I didn't know what it was at first, but it was an active shooter event in the middle of the crowd. And so everybody started stampeding away from the stage where the shooting had happened. And so all I see is this huge tsunami of people running in fear for their life. And it just made me realize a couple of things. Not, so that was just recently. Yeah, we hadn't really learned anything from those kinds of events happening before. So, you know, it, there's a lot of failures that happened, I guess. A lot of great things happened too, though, where businesses who were in 
the impact area, I guess, of the crowd who are running away from the gunshots. People were jumping into the into businesses that were still open before they had time to lock their doors because they were fearing for their life. And I actually jumped into one of those stores. And I can tell you, they were amazing. I, I'd never worked with this company, but when I was in that store, they had staff that were coming by to say, is everybody okay? Is anybody, you know, everybody okay health-wise? We'll let you know when everything's okay. Just stay tight, everything's okay. But they were wonderful. And that's something that I hope if other companies had to be faced with something like that, that they would do the same thing, where they would choose to open their doors to these panicked people, as opposed to trying to lock their doors and lock them out. Mm, That makes sense. Do you have any personal advice, since you were personally involved in that, or professional Mm. advice on what people should do if they find themselves in a situation that is a rapidly accumulating crowd. Yeah, I would say definitely you want to try to get out of the center of the crowd. You know, there's a bunch of things, but I mean, ideally you don't want to place yourself at the top front end of the concert. You want to be more on the outside. I would say that anybody who has a vulnerable person or children that are stroller age to not bring them. And police advised the community to not bring them. But what was another thing that was so disturbing being there as people were rushing by was I was seeing baby carts, strollers flung up in the air. Oh, my gosh. And so you know that there's at least a baby matching that stroller and a baby that should never have been in that area. So there are a lot of things that I think people just maybe have gotten used to being safe in places and not really thinking about, okay, I need to strategically figure out where I and my family are going to be safest. So I wouldn't say, you know, you don't want to scare families into saying, don't go to these things, but let them make smart choices on where they should be gathering while they're participating in these incidents. And if they should be taking certain people who may be too vulnerable, who wouldn't be able to run themselves and help themselves during an incident like that. You got to think a couple moves in advance. That's right. Yeah. And it's pretty hard to in this kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I've certainly learned a lot from this conversation today, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So to close out, I'd like to ask you to reflect on your very impressive career and think of one piece of advice or perhaps a lesson you've learned about crisis management. What words of wisdom would you impart to an emergency manager who is in the trenches and trying to make heads or tails of it all? I would say the biggest thing is to stay fluid and flexible and know that not all plans are going to work all the time for all things. But just like with civil unrest and everything else, having a plan and not having to use it is far better than not having a plan and needing one. I guess that's my final words of advice, but definitely to stay fluid and flexible because any emergency that I've been a part of does not just follow one one way and one road. (laughs) Without a doubt. You can never plan for everything. You can just go through the action of planning. So then when something does happen, you have maybe kind of an idea of what you should be doing. Exactly. And that's the best we can do. That's right. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show today. Thank you, Peter. This is wonderful. If anyone listening has follow-up questions or would like to buy your book or perhaps employer services, what's the best way for them to find you out there? Oh, sure. Yeah, they can find me on my website, which is www.myname, so Suzanne, 
S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-B-E-R-N-I-E-R.com. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Suzanne, and all our listeners for joining us on the Employee Safety Podcast. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to subscribe to future episodes at Alert Media's website or on your favorite podcast player. Stay safe out there. Until next time. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.